Does a stock or stock fund that doesn't pay a dividend actually compound our investments? And for that matter, would a stock or stock fund that pays a high dividend yield compound at a faster rate than one that pays a lower yield? Those are the questions we're going to answer in today's video. Hey, everybody, my name is Rob Berger. This is the Financial Freedom Show, where we talk about investing with an eye towards retirement or maybe just financial freedom. If those topics are, are, are of interest to you, I encourage you to subscribe to the channel. I also send out a newsletter via email every Sunday morning. You can subscribe to that as well with the link below this video. Today's topic comes as a result of a comment that someone left to a video I published a few days ago comparing a couple of covered call ETFs. And here was the comment from a, a viewer named Dwayne. He said about my video, he said, informative, but not complete. Uh-oh. He said, you leave out growth of compound interest by reinvestment into the covered call ETF. For example, assuming that I reinvest my dividends each month into the ETF for 10 years at 12% yield, my initial $100 units or 100 shares will grow to 330. Well, I didn't check his math, but I'll, I'll take it at face value. But of course, we don't actually spend shares, we spend dollars. And so we've got to convert those shares to dollars. And what really matters is what the value of the shares, however many we own, actually are worth when we come time to spend our investments. And so what I want to do in this short video is compare two different investments. One has not paid a dividend, certainly as long as I've been alive. And the other one historically paid very high dividend. What are these investments? Well, one is Berkshire Hathaway. That's Warren Buffett's company. Hasn't paid a dividend in, in a half a century. And General Electric, it's fallen on some hard times recently, but at one point it's had a, paid a very rich dividend yield, uh, sometimes north of 6%. So let's take a look at these two investments. I put them in Portfolio Visualizer. We, we're going back to 1985. That's uh, the data we have. That's, you know, 30, what, 32 years? No, more than that, 37 years. So a good long time. And 100% uh, portfolio in each. And when we look at that, and we look at the results, we can see that uh, Berkshire Hathaway has outperformed General Electric by a wide margin. $10,000 in Berkshire Hathaway in 1985 is worth almost $2 million today. Yes, I wish I had a time travel machine and could go back to 1985, but alas, there, there you go. General Electric has grown from 10,000 to just under 100 grand. The compound annual growth rate, that's this number here, for Berkshire, which again, never paid a dividend, over 15%. General Electric's compound annual growth rate during that time, 6.32%. Now we're gonna look at the income component of this in just a minute, but for some of you, it may raise a question. How in the world does a stock compound for us if we don't get dividends that we can then turn around and reinvest back into the stock? And a lot of folks get confused because you've probably heard that if you reinvest your dividends over long periods of time, you'll end up with a heck of a lot more money than if you don't. That's certainly true, but somehow we get it confused because keep this in mind, the more we can invest, the more we'll have long-term, right? That's true, whether the money we're investing came from a dividend that one of our existing investments paid us, or the money came from our employment, or perhaps a gift, or inheritance, or we found it on the street. Every dollar we can invest is just more wealth we'll have down the road. So yes, reinvesting dividends is very important to growing wealth, but there's nothing magical about a dollar of dividend versus you know, a dollar from any other source. Right? 
the real compounding comes not only from reinvesting dividends, certainly important, but what the company does with the profits it earns. What Berkshire does, rather than paying dividends, is take all of its profits and reinvest it back into the many businesses that Berkshire Hathaway owns. Sometimes Warren Buffett uses it to buy businesses outright. He's bought railroads and utility companies and insurance companies. Sometimes uh, he uses the money to buy smaller companies that become part of uh, a Berkshire existing company. And sometimes he uses it to buy shares in uh, publicly traded companies like Apple and uh, American Express and, and banks and Coca-Cola and so on. And so he's using the profits of the company to reinvest back into the company. And that's where the compounding comes from. It doesn't actually have to leave Berkshire, come into our bank account so that we can then turn around and put it back into more shares of Berkshire. We can get compounding even when a company never pays a dividend. And we can look at that in another from another angle. Let's look at the actual income that these two uh, investments have generated. As we know, we know what Berkshire's income is. It's zero. It hasn't paid a dividend. But if we come down here, this is the income that these two investments have uh, distributed since 1986. Uh, of course, the red is General Electric. It's gotten much smaller in the last four years. But look at some of these years. This was on a initial $10,000 investment back in 1985. But by look at this 2007, 2008, uh, it was paying out over $6,000 uh, in dividends pretty significant. Of course, it fell during the difficult times of the Great Recession, but then it started to build back up. And more recently, it's fallen on hard times. But here's the key takeaway. Yes, at times, the dividend yield has been very high, north of 6 6%. But the underlying company has not done well, certainly has not done well, as well as Berkshire Hathaway. And so the result is, you've got a company that's paid a pretty rich dividend over the years, that it's still, it's compounding, has not been near as significant as Berkshire that's not paid up nickel in dividends during this entire time. Now, one last thing. We can actually look at a covered call ETF. I'm gonna use XL, XYLD, which is a, a S&P 500 covered call ETF. I'm gonna do that because it has a little more data than say, uh, Jeppy, which is another uh, sort of popular but very new covered call uh, ETF. And uh, this gives us data back to 2014 because the covered call ETF doesn't go back to 1985. But we can look at the compound annual growth rate. During this time, Berkshire's compounded at just under 12%. General Electric, again, paying a dividend this entire time, but compounding at, at a negative 8%. And the covered call ETF, which currently sports a yield above 10%, compounding, compounding at only 5.62%. Again, we can go down to the income. As we know, Berkshire, which is blue, doesn't have any. We see General Electric's income. It's gotten quite small uh, in the last four years. The covered call ETF, though, pretty significant income. But again, it, compounding is not just a function of reinvesting any dividends that you may receive. It's also a question of how the underlying business, or in this case, fund, has performed. And it, those things together are what generate the compounding for us. And so, as you've seen, you can have an investment like Berkshire that hasn't paid any dividend, whose compounding has far outpaced other investments that pay a very high dividend yield. 
the point of this video is not that dividends are bad. It's that they're not the holy grail that many uh, believe that they are. And in and of themselves, they tell you nothing about compounding. The fact that an investment pays no dividend or a 3% yield or even a 10% yield in and of itself doesn't tell you anything about how that investment will compound over time. I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of heated comments from this. Go ahead. Please be kind. If you have any questions, I'll do my best to help you out any way I can. And until next time, remember, the best thing money can buy is financial freedom.